Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. You know our trusted partner TireRack.com for their fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Bridgestone Weatherpeak. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, Three and Out Podcast. That's me. That's the show, obviously. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We got a lot going on, and I mean a lot, because we just had two Monday Night Football games. We had a bunch of crazy stuff happen on Sunday, uh, and, and we'll dive into it all. I mean, a- absolutely everything, from you know Brian Flores to Joe Judge to Belichick to Travis Kelsey to the Bears to Seattle to the Eagles and Wentz. I mean, we're, we're going to dive into it all. Right off the top, though, we'll dive into the couple games and, and things that I just saw. I'm literally recording this right after uh, Josh Allen. I don't know, look like John Elway meets Jim Kelly meets Patrick Mahomes. I don't even know what I just witnessed beside a complete and utter butt whooping by the Bills. And Robert Sala, future head coach of someone, as an executive told me last week, thought he was a lock. Let me repeat, a lock to be a head coach. Brian Dable, who's also going to be in the head coaching kind of mix, just, you know, took him to school. That was a that was a clinic. It, it really was on how to expose that 
Seattle defense that the Niners run. But before we get into that, Middlecoff Mailbag in the show, at John Middlecoff is the Instagram. You can come up in those DMs, get your questions answered here on the show. Uh, also, subscribe to the 3 and Out podcast, separate from Colin's feed. Please and thank you. And if you enjoy the show, please leave a review. Apple, iTunes, I know some of you guys listen on Spotify, Stitcher, wherever your platforms are. Leave a review, Apple, iTunes, would greatly appreciate it. Let's start with the Bills. And I just saw a tweet, the Bills and Browns both have nine wins in the same season for the first time since 1989. Pretty incredible. But I think when you watch Josh Allen, and I think what makes the NFL great is we all knew he had these crazy physical gifts. He, he was kind of like a Jamarcus Russell coming out of college, but way less accomplished, right? Coming at a small school at Wyoming, they had played Power 5 schools. His stats were terrible. He was inaccurate. And they took him in the tops. You know, they took him seventh. And they basically drafted him like you would a basketball player. You're just betting on the ceiling. Because there's a chance his floor could be really low if he didn't hit. And when he first got to the league, you're like, you know, I don't know. I don't know. And then he just got building, stacking, stacking, improving, improving. And now we get a guy on Monday Night Football. Now, granted, there are no fans, but still, he's had a really good season. Tonight might have been his finest hour as a pro. Maybe the game was probably three hours, but finest game as a pro. 32 of 40, almost 400 yards, four touchdowns, and just eviscerated. And I mean destroyed a Niners defense that just punked Sean McVay and the Rams last week. Absolutely, I mean, ran circles around them. And the great part about quarterback, unlike most positions, is it is so much more than just your physical gifts. And the physical gifts Josh Allen has are elite. If he's going to play like that, only Patrick Mahomes of all the young guys can hang with him. And obviously Mahomes is better. But like, there's no other young guy. Lamar Jackson couldn't dream of that. Deshaun Watson doesn't have the physical tools Josh Allen has. I mean, Wentz, we'll get into him later. Obviously, he's nowhere in that world right now. Baker Mayfield is a play-action quarterback, which, when he's on, it can look like the Titans. But he ain't that. Rosen, out of the league. Uh, Sam Darnold, definitely not. Jimmy Garoppolo, no. Carr, no. You know, you just go around the league of all the younger players. Goff, definitely not. They don't have that. And his maturation as a player, and I followed him for a while on Instagram, he's a really mature guy. And I was around Sean McDermott for a year in Philadelphia. And he was the most disciplined, serious coach beside, like, Coach Reed I, I was ever around in my time in the NFL. He was just so, he was pretty unique that way. You know, he wasn't a big talker. Pretty quiet, actually. I, I didn't think like he would be this good of a head coach. It just turned out he went on to Carolina, resurrected his career after he left Philly. I mean, he got fired from Philly, and then he's done a great job in Buffalo. He believed in this player, and he told me last year at the Combine, he said, every year, every year since he's been in the league, Josh Allen improves. When he first came in the league, he just had to improve his overall accuracy. His second year, he had to improve short and intermediate. He did it. This year, he had to improve on his deep ball passing. He's doing it. And he's a guy that, I I mean, I think we could envision winning an MVP. But you don't keep improving at that position if you don't have it all. Character, focus, intelligence. Because we knew he had the tools. He had those at Wyoming. 
when he was having those games that you're like, you're really going to draft this guy in the top 10? I thought it was insane. I, I, I thought it was absolutely crazy. I never would have done it, ever in a million years. I, he was basically off my unofficial draft board. And I'm dead wrong. He's the best player in that draft class. Like, if we redid it, that draft class, obviously Lamar won an MVP, but if I said, who would you want for the next five years, it's not even a question. You'd want the guy that they basically went spread offense tonight and threw it all around the yard. Inside, outside, deep, short, intermediate, on the run, in the pocket. That's NFL football. That's what can win in the playoffs. I don't know how far the Bills are going to go in the playoffs this year, but I know this. They can win big with that guy. It might not happen this year. Hell, it might not happen next year. But that's what you want. And every coach that was watching this game in their office tonight with Monday Night Football in the background, like they're all saying to themselves, holy moly, Josh Allen is good. Holy hell, this guy's improved. If you're going to play like that, like that's, that's all you ask for when you draft a quarterback. And, and the Bills have it. And on the flip side, when you look at the, the Steeler game, I'm going to give the Steelers a little bit of a pass because I never thought they were as good as the Chiefs, but I'm also not going to evaluate them on a moment where they just played a Wednesday night game. I mean, the Ravens are playing tonight, tomorrow night. If you're listening to this tomorrow day or whenever, I can't even keep up this crazy Corona schedule. The Steelers to me look like a 12, 13 win team. They'll be fine. They got some flaws, some injuries, but I'm not judging them against Washington when they just played a Wednesday night game. To me, the story of that game was simple. It was the quarterback on the other team. And I, I think America would be better off if we had more Alex Smiths in this, in this world. You talk about a guy that his entire career, he was drafted number one overall. He was a part for the first five or six years of his career, the biggest joke organization in the league. They had Mike Nolan, who we all know how bad of a coach he is. Then he had Mike Singletary take over for him. Mike Singletary, one time to motivate the team, dropped his pants in the locker room at halftime. Uh, and it wasn't until Harbaugh came, resurrected his career, he takes him to the NFC Championship game. The second year, he gets a concussion, so Kaepernick comes in. He gets thrown to the, the Chiefs, has a great five-year run. They win playoff games. He's winning 10, 11, 12 games every season. Coach Reed, who now I think we all acknowledge, second-best coach in the league behind Belichick, loves him, swears by him, trades him to the to Washington football team. They were the Redskins at the time. They were winning until his leg snapped off. Has to have some dude in the Trump administration sign off on him because his leg is basically, they might have to amputate it. It's so bad, he has to go work and train. Anyone that's seen the 60 knows it's an incredible watch. He's basically at this, you know, uh, this building in Texas where the wounded warriors go. People from the Middle East that have limbs blown off. That's how bad it was. And all he did was grind and grind and grind, and he kept saying... I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back. And people like me, and I'm sure people like you, watched that special and thought, God, Alex, you're an incredible human being. We need people like you to run for office to get these clowns out of office all over America. High character, smart, tough. I want you to run for office. Football's probably over, man. You don't need to prove anything to anyone. We, 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 we understand you're a tough guy. We watched you that 49er NFC Championship game against Eli Manning. When you got the shit kicked out of you, you and Eli both did, and you all kept getting up. Now, he didn't, I don't think he had a first down pass in that game, but his toughness has never been argued. 
But to come back, and listen, I've never been the biggest Dwayne Haskins guy, but if you would have told me at the beginning of the season, I'd have been, I, first I would have said, I doubt Ron Rivera is going to like Dwayne Haskins, but he's just going to be more talented than Alex. No, not true. Alex somehow wills his way back, and he's clearly just pretty functional. Almost threw for 300 yards today. The, the Washington football team is just winning games with him at quarterback. They're just a functional NFL team. Now, are they going to win the playoffs or make the playoffs? I don't know. The division is weird. Probably just have to get to six or seven wins. They play the Niners next week. Niners are probably still better than them, even with Mullins. But what a story. I mean, they, they should rename the Comeback Player of the Year award after Alex Smith. This is not hyperbole. We need people like him to like have an impact on society. You know, be in positions where people look up to him. I mean, I, I'm seeing in California the people that run our state. It's like, oh my God. I, I, I'd pay whatever amount of money I had extra to get Alex Smith to run California. Like, we need those type people in charge. Like, he's that level of a human. I know countless people that have been around him now. They swear by him. They love him. And just his perseverance in terms of mental toughness, we know his physical toughness, it's a 50 out of 10. It doesn't get any higher than that. It's one of the most incredible stories. I'm 36 years old. Just turned 36, so, you know, not an old 36. I think I've ever seen... I'm being honest to God, truth. When you watch that E60 and having the leg, we've seen some horrific injuries in sports. Leg snapped, shoulders snapped, arms, guys throw a pitch and their shoulder breaks or elbow snaps. We've seen it all, right, at this point in time. Especially the last 20 years with replays. There's nothing we haven't seen. I think I, I think most of us would agree, if you've watched that E60, we've never seen anything quite like that. I mean, he, he almost said, amputate my leg, and his wife basically talked him out of it. That's how bad it was. And he doesn't have a calf because they had to, like, remove muscles. To just come back to the NFL and just be on the sideline as, like, the third quarterback would have been an incredible story. But to come back and start NFL games and win NFL games, and I know the Steelers aren't quite as good as they were a month ago with some of their injuries, but to beat the Steelers? even if they were coming off a Wednesday game. Like, just find me a more just impressive accomplishment. I, I'm being dead serious. That is just, I, I, I'm in awe of Alex Smith. I, I really am. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. 
They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, It's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can do both. You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you can earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool for after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like workout equipment for your home, and then earn 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller to soothe your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are. With unlimited 2% cash rewards, the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Okay, we, you know, we'll probably never talk about a team that's going to win four games as much as we have with the Eagles uh, ever again, but it's a unique circumstance. They have one of the highest paid players in the league. Uh, he was the number two pick in the draft. He almost won the MVP a couple years ago. I think we were all in agreement when he was balling before he got injured, that he was going to be a star in the NFL. Kind of like Patrick Mahomes before Patrick Mahomes, but he went from Patrick Mahomes to being like, I mean, think of a crappy quarterback. I don't know, Blaine Gabbert. It's insane. And it's clear. I think now we're all in agreement. His confidence is gone. I was driving around on Monday. I heard Gottlieb talk about it. I've talked about it. It's just, we understand it. We all are in agreement. He is a human being who's lost his confidence. 
And I can relate. I'm sure many people listening at a different point in time in your life can relate. Whether it's playing sports, whether it's in a job, if it's a performance-based job. Uh, listen, stress can create, when you don't have the results that you want, whether it's on the field or off the field, can create a loss of confidence. It is human nature. He is going through something that, while his talent is immense from 99.999% of people as an NFL quarterback, I'd say 98% of human beings, maybe there's a small percentage of people, that can relate to when you lose your confidence. A lot of us just aren't in public jobs when that happens. Right? So it's just, it is a relatable thing he's going through. But as of recording this, I saw Doug Peterson say he doesn't know what he's going to do at quarterback. If you didn't watch the Eagle Packer game, Wentz benched, you know, mid-game, Jalen Hurts came in, gave him a little spark. I think what I would do, and you know, I'm sure many people in whatever job you work, if you go through something traumatic, like someone in your life dies, Something bad happens. You know when your boss just goes to you and go, man, take this week off. You know, like when you're a kid in school and something bad happens or you're going through some time, like just just go home for a couple days. Just just take some time. Take a deep breath. Just take like a, a lifetime out. And in a weird way, he's not really able to take a time out because it's not like he can just not show up. I think the right thing to do because we're already here now. Like, the confidence is gone. There, there is no more rebuilding the confidence on the fly when your team sucks. It's why a lot of people were texting me and DMing me like, can you believe the Eagles are this bad? Yeah, I can. Have you guys been watching them? They've been terrible. Why did you expect when they played the Packers, who were one of the best teams in the league, for the Wentz and the offense to look good? Of course it was going to look shitty. It's not good. Mainly because of him. He's the problem. And deep down, I think he knows it. But there's nothing he can do about it. You ever been on the, if you play golf, you get on the golf, you get on the driving range, like I'm striping, I'm striping it. First couple holes go well, and then you get to like the third or fourth hole, and you just hit it where you you have no clue where it's going. And then a couple shots later, you're just lost, but you're like, oh my God, I got 12 holes left to go. I don't know what to do. Unless you're like a PGA Tour professional, you're probably going to be god awful that round. And it's going to be ugly because you're just on an island by yourself. Playing quarterback is kind of like that. Even though you're getting coached up and stuff, it's still on you to make the throws. And there's nothing he can do. As this season goes on, until he can take a deep breath, decompress, and really dive into everything, you're not able to do that in the middle of the season. Now, this is in the middle of the season, toward the just in season. To me, the right move is basically give him, hey man, take a deep breath, go home for a week. The equivalent of that is just start Jalen Hurts. Now, that's not a perfect solution because here's the curveball with that solution. I, I do think just having him not play for a couple games will be okay. The risk you take is that Jalen Hurts is then good and Jalen Hurts wins a couple games. And then you have a quote-unquote, I don't even know if it's a quarterback controversy. You really don't because he makes so much money. Carson Wentz is going to be the starting quarterback next year for the Philadelphia Eagles week one. That's going to happen. But there would be chatter if Jalen Hurts in this scenario plays well. But I don't think you have a choice now. And not as much about like seeing what Jalen Hurts got. Let's see. I think it's more about Carson Wentz and putting him in position to just decompress for a second. Because it is beyond ugly. 
He is, and it's it, it pains me to say this because I was one of his biggest fans the first couple years. He's a terrible NFL football player right now. He obviously has a lot of physical gifts, but once you get to the NFL, like your physical gifts, you you just you're a player. You're a linebacker, you're a defensive lineman, you're a quarterback, you're a wide receiver. Like, how do you play? And right now, as a player, he's terrible. And I think the only, you know, really action you have to just give him a chance is you got to let him sit on the sideline for a little bit. And it's weird. It's not an ideal situation, but his play is not ideal. His play is a disaster for the organization. You're paying him a historic amount of money. He can't go anywhere. This is not the NBA. You can't just be like, hey, hey, Lions, we'll trade you Matt Stafford. We'll trade you Carson Wentz and a second-round pick for Matt Stafford straight up. Or, or, you know, something like that. Two twos and Carson Wentz for Matt. Like, you can't do shit like that. Match contracts. Not the way it works. Because in NFL contracts, it's not like it's not like an NBA contract. Well, five years, $200 million, right? You know, whatever that would be, $40 million a year. It doesn't work that way. It's about bonus money, and then it gets amortized over the life of the contract. The team that signs you to the contract pays all the guaranteed money. It's a complicated situation. That's why he's stuck. He's going nowhere. Now, the reports did the Jalen Hurts draft pick, you know, shatter his confidence. There's been reports, maybe, but it's just, that's water under the bridge. Jalen Hurts is on the fucking team. He's not going anywhere. He was a second-round pick. So maybe Jalen Hurts plays really well these last three or four games, and you can trade him. You trade Jalen Hurts and try to resurrect Carson's. I'm just kind of spitballing here, but I don't think Carson Wentz can start the next couple games, at least this week. Like, he just, just give him some time on the sideline. Give him some time to himself, because you're not helping it. You're just making it worse. You ever know when you try to do like a home project and maybe there's like a hole in the wall or you rip some stuff out and you're like, "Uh, honey, I can fix it. And you like take a hammer and some spackle and you make it 10 times worse. And then the more and more you work on it, you just make it worse. Like eventually you just got to call like a handyman to fix your problem. Or like if you ever worked on like trying to fix, for me, it's like dishwashers and, uh, and washer machines. I'm like, I, I I can fix this. I'll just you I'll just check out YouTube. Like that's what it feels like. Doug Peterson, the coaching staff's doing. Like, let's uh let's try this move today. It's not working. You you need outside help. <laughs> so I, I I think Jeffrey Lurie, Howie Roseman, like the, even if like I'd take this out of Doug's hands. Like th- this is a Jalen Hurts week, and it might even be a couple weeks. Just let Carson go to the side. Like we all need some time. Take a deep breath. And just, there's no fans. And just try to get his mind right. Okay, I saw this visual. I didn't watch the game. I'm just not going to watch Dolphins play the Bengals. And it was a pretty ugly game, just based on the score. But listen, at this point in time, in December, there's no style points in the NFL. This is not college football. The Chiefs, you just get a win. Hell, even the Raiders, you just beat the Jets. Same with the Dolphins. You just beat the Bengals. I don't care if Boomer Siason's their quarterback or Zach Taylor's their quarterback or a couple guys I've never heard of are their quarterback. It doesn't matter. You just win and move on. A little bit like the NCAA tournament. <clears throat> but there was clearly a play on a punt where the Dolphins' punt returner got absolutely destroyed. You know those commercials with uh, the one super ripped guy, office linebacker, where he's just getting killed? Or, hell, even now the commercials with James Harrison, 
where he's killing that dude inside his house and the guy's running around and he eventually gets him on the lawn. It's a little bit like the highlight I saw. I mean, the guy was absolutely destroyed. There is nothing more like top five people I respect in life would probably be one military, uh, cops. I mean, anyone that's just consistently putting your life on the line. I don't know where punt returner falls. I'd have to do like a deep dive on just the different people. Coast Guard, like, you know, going in and diving into the ocean, saving people's lives. Got to be pretty nuts. If you're a punt returner and you just got guys that run a 4-4 screaming at you and you're just like, yeah, they know the rules. Hey, hey low, three yards. They're not going to kill me. Then you see a play like that. You're like, no chance I would want to be a punt returner in the NFL. Hell, I wouldn't want to do it in high school, but definitely not the NFL where you got these blue chip guys screaming down the sideline. No, thank you. So a guy gets destroyed, a melee ensues, and I saw something in Brian Flores. And I think one consistent theme, and I've talked about this before, in successful people. And I knew a couple, three or four people, a best friend's dad growing up, a best friend's grandpa growing up, a guy my dad worked for. They were all really financially successful and had kind of quote-unquote made it, whether they were the CEO, whether they were the president of their own company. And one thing that I just, looking back, like all those guys, like they kind of had a screw loose. I don't think you can be good in a high price industry, whether that's healthcare, whether that's competing to be the best farmer, whether that's being an NFL coach without being a little fucking nuts. I'm dead serious. I, I, I think if you're not a little nuts, it's really hard to make it at the highest level of the high price jobs and industries. I, I honestly don't think you have a chance because I think you got to be a little crazy or you won't last because these industries are nuts. And I, I saw it when I got into football, they had a lot of the same characteristics as successful people that I was around growing up. I saw it in Coach Hill when I worked at Fresno State, Pat Hill, anybody, anytime, any place. Like he, he kind of had a huge edge to him, little crazy in a good way. I mean, was a super high-level guy. I thought he was a fantastic coach, fantastic leader. But, like, that was the guy if I went, yeah, I had Pat Hill in my foxhole. I'm feeling pretty good about it. I definitely thought that with Andy Reid when I was in Philadelphia and now what he's doing in Kansas City and knowing all those guys. Veach, too. I mean, Veach is a little crazy. Again, when I say crazy, in a good way, in a competitive way. But, like, they're not like most normal people you're just going to meet on the street. And you see it in Belichick. You see it in Sean Payton. I see it covering Kyle Shanahan. Like these dudes, like this is this is a crazy business, the business of football. Just like I'm sure anyone listening, whatever industry you're in, it's highly competitive. You know, if, if you're not kind of crazy, you will get taken out. You will lose in your job. And football, like a lot of jobs in the private sector, it's pretty black and white. Right? You either make money, you get fired. In football, you either win or you get fired. I mean, it's just it's pretty, pretty basic, the understanding. And Brian Flores, and I'll get to Joe Judge a little bit later, I think they got, like, they kind of got it. I mean, yesterday he went at, and I don't think he was going to fight anyone. Now, he, I think he did play at Boston College. But he beelines at these guys. Like, he was ready to take on the whole team. I was like, damn, I see you, Brian Flores. But to me, if, if you were just doing all that crap and I watched your team and it was like a slappy operation, I'd be like, that guy's a fraud. That guy, that guy is just doing it for show because he knows the camera's on. His team is 8-4. and four. The Miami Dolphins, a lifeless franchise. When I think about the Miami Dolphins, I just think South Beach is cool. 
I'm like, yeah, they're just, at best, they're 8-8. Eight and, eight, and they have been the majority of my life since, like, young Marino. Just a franchise that just cruises along. <clears throat> never really make the playoffs. Honestly, never really compete to make the playoffs. Always coulda, woulda, shoulda. But it's not just Miami. Because if you look at the other professional team there, I guess they got three, but the other, the successful team there, the Miami Heat, what are they known for? Pat Riley. He makes sure his employees and his team, he checks them for body mass index. If you're fat, you don't play. If you're fat, you run gassers. You think the NBA, most teams are doing that? They talk all the time about heat culture. You know what heat culture stands for? Pat Riley. He ain't messing around. He's like, he might not be quote-unquote the coach, but he's basically Bill Belichick of the operation. And Pat Riley is nuts. Again, in a good way. Well, Brian Flores yesterday, obviously attacking those guys, or willing to, Like, there's a reason his team's 8-4. and four. He runs a button-up operation. They're not messing around. Clearly details in that organization don't slip through the cracks. He's handled this Tua Fitzpatrick situation as well as you possibly can. I know Tua threw for almost 300 yards, and the highlights I saw, he looks, you know, he's had his moments. He is playing the Bengals. It's going to get a lot more difficult, I think, the rest of this month. We'll get a good, you know, ability to judge him, I think, over this next month at 8-4, and four, you know, with some teams kind of bearing down on them to make the playoffs. But clearly Brian Flores, you know, I, I don't want to say the real deal, but I think I saw someone tweet that they've won like 11 of their last 14 games. Like, this guy wins, and it's really impressive what he's doing. And I think the same thing for Joe Judge. And I said the moment that story came out, listen, you can tell me it's fake, but I I tend to think that it might be true, that him and Mark Colombo threw down. And when you look at Belichick guys that failed, because when I hear people talk about Joe Judge, and who did I see? Oh, I Colt McCoy gave a bunch of quotes in Albert Breer's article about Joe Judge. He's like, you know... He holds us accountable, and he's intense, but he's a younger guy. He relates to the players. So clearly, Brian Flores and Joe Judge are not holy. I don't even know what the term would be, but Mangini, McDaniels, like they viewed themselves on a different pedestal than the players. But the players clearly know, like, this guy is the head coach. He's the authority figure here. He's the boss. But he also can clearly interact and talk with guys. That's one thing I don't think Belichick gets enough credit for. Clearly, players enjoy being around Bill Belichick when they're in that organization. Just like with Judge, who took a team that has no business competing to be 500. I think they've won four straight games, maybe five. I think they started one and seven. They're now five and seven, so I guess that would be four straight games. But you watch them, like the Miami Dolphins, though they're less talented, their effort is fantastic. They have showed up basically every week since Kyle Shanahan kicked their ass, either week two or week three or whenever they played that first month of the season, and they have been consistently really good. They have been in every game. I bet if we dove into some of their losses, remember that Bucks game on Monday Night Football? They were right there. And they just beat Seattle with a backup quarterback. Now, on the road, no fans. Like It is playing a part of this season. This is not normal football. But to go on the road when your team is... I guess they still are in the playoff mix. Technically, they're in first place in their division, but your record's your record. And to play that hard and that consistently well shows you that your coach is good. What I think's crazy is Flores and Judge, 
already have a different feel than like Mangini ever did. Remember Josh McDaniels, whose name is now resurfacing as someone that's going to be in the mix. And my question with Josh McDaniels has never been scheme. Has never been scheme. What, what is Joe Judge's scheme? He's not the OC. He's not the DC. He doesn't call either side of the ball. Think about that. He has zero influence. I mean, he has influence, but he's not calling either side of the ball. Josh McDaniels, I, I think we'd all agree, like, that guy's really good with the scheme. He did everything with Tom Brady. Uh, they get Cam Newton, and now he's, I think Cam Newton has 10 rushing touchdowns. Like, he can do whatever. His problem in Denver is people despise the guy. They hated the guy. Same thing with Mangini. People th- couldn't stand the guy. That's not the case with either of these guys. People like Joe Judge, except Mark Colombo, that Joe Judge wasn't afraid to fight. And now Brian Flores, which, again, r- really impressed. And I think the key to being a good head coach, just like the key to being a good leader, you know, seeing with I see a lot with politicians. You aren't actually leading anybody. You can do whatever you want. It's why you see so many fraud politicians. But I would think, you know, back when we consistently went to offices and you are, you're a manager or whatever, and you have 10, 20, 30, however many people under you, you do have to be authentic. Because if you're not, us humans see through that when we actually have to deal with you on a daily basis. And I think the same rings true for head coaches. Can you be true to who you are? And I think if we go through all the top head coaches in the league, starting with Belichick, to Sean Payton, to Andy Reid, even to Mike Zimmer and Bruce Arians, like they're very true to who... Say what you want about Bruce Arians, and then him and Tom Brady butting heads. No one thinks Bruce Arians is being fake. Anytime he calls Tom Brady out, you're like, well, he's been calling out people for two decades. Same with Mike Zimmer. Whenever Mike Zimmer says something after a game, no one ever goes, God, that's a little out of character. He just crushed Kirk Cousins. He just crushed his defense. He just crushed his coach. Now, that's what Mike Zimmer does. Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, they're just, they're true to themselves. And that's always been the thing and the red, the red flag on the Belichick guys. Like, they just try to copy Bill Belichick. Well, you can't do that. Because once you leave a building, once you, you know, if you're copying whoever in any business setting, the people that then are working for you don't care. Because that guy is not there, especially if it's in a different building. They're answering to you. And I think whatever Brian Flores and clearly Joe Judge are doing is resonating with the people around him. And I don't think you can truly resonate over a longer period of time if you're not true to yourself. So I, I, I'm just, I can't say enough good things about those two guys. I mean, the New England uh, Belichick's underlings, you know, they're, they're actually giving a positive spin when it forever it's been, these guys always fail. Never hire a Belichick guy because they always turn out like Matt Patricia. Well, these two guys are saving the day for the hoodie. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies 
waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can do both. You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you can earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool for after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like workout equipment for your home, and then earn 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller to soothe your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the active cash credit card. It's ready when you are. With unlimited 2% cash rewards, the Wells Fargo active cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Goodyear tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Goodyear test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. And speaking of the hoodie, I'm a big believer you learn way more about someone when things aren't going well than you do when they are. Like, anyone can act good if I hand you a million dollars, right? Anyone can act good when they win the championship. Well, how do you act when someone knocks on the door and your house is foreclosing? How does a player act when you get the phone call and says, you're being released? How does someone act when you you get a phone call of just devastation? Someone has passed away in your life. I mean, these are human things that we all go through, right? People lose companies. People lose family members. People lose jobs, right? People in football lose games. It's, it's human nature. Anyone can act well 
when things are going well. We've all been there. And, you know, whether you're dating someone, it's that honeymoon phase, whether you get a job and you're killing it and you're making big bonuses, whether you're an athlete and you're on the best team and you're kicking everyone's ass. It's easy to puff your chest out. It really is. It's why, you know, I've always given Belichick respect. Basically, for 20 years, he's owned the entire NFL. Nine Super Bowl appearances, six victories. Went to the AFC Championship for basically a decade straight. He never really acted different, win or lose. His body language, the way he conducted himself, never stayed the same. I've learned way more about... I I know Bill Belichick, if his team's good, can beat anybody. We've seen it. We know it. But this year, when everyone opted out, he had to sign Cam Newton for $500,000. The evidence is in. The guy can't throw. Now, if people want to push back, well, he created this team. He did. He's not a great drafter. He's missed on a lot of guys. But we can all agree his roster is not very good. If you would have flipped those two teams yesterday and Belichick was the coach of the Chargers and Anthony Lynn was a coach of the New England Patriots, the Chargers would be a playoff team. My guess is they'd win 12 games. If Anthony Lynn was the coach of the Patriots, honest to God, they might win one game. They would compete with the, uh, the Jets and the Jaguars in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. It was that big of a coaching matchup. But I didn't need, like, we already know that. Anthony Lynn's not a good head coach. I didn't need to watch that game, and trust me, I didn't watch much of it, but uh, see a 45 nothing game to know Belichick's better than Anthony Lynn. Of course. Belichick could take the Cal football team and line up with the Chargers and keep it close for like a half. Like, it, the coaching mismatch was enormous. But for this man... To have this team at 6-6 six and six and be in a position that they play the Rams on Thursday night, all of a sudden they're 7-6, and six. we start talking about can the Patriots make the playoffs is incredible. It might be his most impressive coaching job of the last decade. And obviously in the last decade, several Super Bowl appearances and, uh, you know, three victories and several AFC championships, right? I could make the argument that this is more impressive. And I can make the argument for his resume, this is what he does. When you hand him chicken shit, he comes out with pretty high-level chicken soup or chicken salad or a good chicken dish. And I don't think many coaches have that in the back. This is why, to me, he's clearly the top coach in the league. This team has zero business being 6-6. Six and six. They don't have very much talent. They have a quarterback who can't throw for 100 yards in a game. Cam Newton who actually, I think, in a weird way, got a bad rap. Like, Ron Rivera, old school guy, always loved him. Clearly, his teammates like him. Clearly, he's a hard worker, because you don't last in the New England environment if you're lazy and not a grinder. Like, Cam has having no problem with that. But just from a physical skill standpoint, he looks, you know, done. I mean, he looks borderline washed. Now, he can still run, and he's doing that. He'll probably end up with, like, 16 rushing touchdowns. But as a thrower, you know, because he plays the quarterback position, he threw for 69 yards. He's struggling to throw for 100 yards in the game. He's skipping balls. It doesn't even matter. They're 6-6 six and six with that. How's that even possible? That's insane. That really is crazy. Think about how many executives Belichick's lost. He's lost Flores. He's lost Judge. He loses all these guys. I mean, for the first time this offseason, I'm recording this part before the Monday night game, 
But Robert is going to go. Like, Kyle Shanahan's going to lose his defensive coordinator. The 49ers might lose Adam Peters as a GM. They might lose some of Kyle's little minions. Like, I don't know I, you know how Kyle will react. Belichick's lost everybody for 20 years. Same with Saban. Saban loses this guy and that guy and this guy and that guy. It's like, it doesn't matter. What time's the game on Saturday, Eddie Ogeron? You may beat me one time in a decade, but I promise you this time I'm going to kick your ass. And he killed him. And for the first time, Ed Ogeron, last year, right, loses Joe Brady, loses Joe Burrow, loses Dave Aranda. His team's a joke. He's coaching LSU, not Mississippi State. And Alabama could have scored 100. Belichick loses guy after guy after guy after guy after guy after guy, player after player after opt-out after opt-out after opt-out. The heart and soul of the franchise, Brady, whether Brady left on his own or Belichick, I mean, we could argue that all day. I think it's pretty clear what happened. Uh, But it's just gone. And boom, 6-6, and right in the playoff mix. How's that? How's it possible? And think about the teams that are fighting for a wild card right now. Raiders, Patriots beat them. Ravens, Patriots beat them. Think about that. Like the teams that, like, between the Raiders and the Ravens, one of those two teams, because more than likely the, the Patriots won't make the playoffs, beat both those two teams. They play Miami coming up. I'd expect them to win that game, or at least have a decent chance, especially if Tua's the quarterback. We see what Belichick does against rookie quarterbacks. You learn so much more about someone when uh, their back's against the wall and they don't have as much. Like, what can what can you do from scratch? Anyone, if I go, hey, uh, you know, take over Apple. <laughs> like, the company's not going to crumble right away. Even if I just got some random guy off the street. They'd be fine for a while. <laughs> you know? But what if I just gave you an empty office with nothing and said, create, start a business? <laughs> Most people couldn't do it. It's what separates these guys that do pull it off. Because Jeff Bezos created Amazon from nothing. Elon created Tesla from nothing. Belichick started this season with nothing. Seven opt-outs. Led the league in opt-outs. Brady, gone. Hell, his best offensive player, Julian Edelman, misses game after game after game with an injury. So you'd say, okay, Brady's gone. Edelman's the heart and soul of the team. He's gone. Has it mattered? It, It really... I, I can't say enough from how impressed I am with Bill Belichick and the new the 2020 New England Patriots. You know, w- when you're scouting and on the road and looking for a player, you're always hoping that the guy you like cannot just become a good player, but beca- can become a star player. And scouting football players is no different probably than any business hiring individuals Like, you don't truly know how they're going to react until you get them within your building. Now, the difference is I can evaluate college football games. If you're hiring a guy out of college, you really just get his resume and call some people that know him. Like, a huge part of football players, I get to evaluate his game tape on top of his coaches, his academic advisors, you know, talk to people that know him, talk to him, interview him. But Travis Kelsey, and, and, and listen, overall take on the Chiefs-Denver game, because I had a couple people text me like, God, why why aren't they winning by more? Like, is the NFL, division games, Fangio's an elite defensive mind, like, at this point in time in the season, a win's a win. But the one thing that really jumps out to me in that game is, we, we talk a lot about Mahomes, rightfully so. I mean, he might win another MVP. He's got $450 million, just won the Super Bowl. I don't know if we talk enough about Travis Kelsey. 
And one of the questions you often ask when you're interested in a player is, how will he act once I give him money? Because unlike most people, when they come out of college and get a job, you're usually going to make the least amount of money you're ever going to make in your life. $30,000, dollars $50,000 or whatever. And then as you get older, you only make more money. It's actually the opposite for professional athletes. The, the overwhelming 99% of them make the majority of the highest amount of money they're going to make while they're playing. And Travis Kelsey had a unique kind of path. He was, I, I don't, this might be strong, but a little bit of a trouble child at the University of Cincinnati. He was suspended for a season. So he was basically there six years because he was a fifth-year senior, but he, he was missed a season because they kicked him off the team. And Jason Kelsey, his brother, also had some issues. And I think I, I could lump Jason in this because he's had all pro years and is a Super Bowl champ. They, they're just, they, they, those two guys were born to play NFL football. But specifically Travis, like once he established himself as one of the better players in the league five or six years ago, one of the better talents in the league, you always wonder like, okay, he's got the physical attributes, he's with the right coach, he's with the right scheme. Check. Then he's a third-round pick. So when you draft a guy in the third-round pick who becomes a star, you're basically paying $200,000 for a house that becomes worth $10 million. But eventually, with the guy that becomes a star, you have to pay them. And Travis Kelsey now has been paid multiple times. No issue. Zero drop-off. Actually, maybe I'm crazy, it feels like he only plays harder. Then when you become an all-pro and a pro bowler, and everyone's kind of blowing you as this star player, you know, eventually, are you going to take the foot off the pedal? Nope. Still balling. Five straight seasons as of Sunday night with over a 1,000 yards receiving. Then, with the money, with the accolades, you become a champion. Literally, your drive as a player, why you, as Bill Parcells says, why you lift all them weights, why you spend all that time at practice, why you watch all that film, is, is the ultimate goal is to be a Super Bowl champion, Right? Anything when we're kids, if we're at Little League, we're dreaming of winning a World Series. If you're shooting baskets by yourself, you're thinking about winning the you know, NBA Finals or shot to go to the Final Four. If you're on a putting green, you're saying, like, this is to win the Masters. If you're catching balls, playing catch with your buddy, and you're just kind of going through the you know foot tap on the sideline, like, this is to win the Super Bowl, then you do it. He's literally a Super Bowl champ. You could argue if his, if his career would have ended after last year, he'd been a borderline Hall of Famer. But I watch him this year. He's on pace for his best statistical season in catches, in yards, in touchdowns. And when you just watch him, you go, the Kansas City Chiefs, Mahomes and Andy, could yell at the defense. Travis Kelsey is going to run a 10-yard out. Get ready. Travis Kelsey is going to run a comeback. Travis Kelsey is going to run a screen. I don't think it would matter. This guy right now is, we talk a lot about Aaron Donald being one of the best, you know, because quarterbacks are in their own category. And then we lump in every other player in the league is like, is this guy the best player in the league? And I think there's a short list. Aaron Donald's right there. I think Devontae Adams, the way he's played, is right there. I think Travis Kelsey right now is right there. Because I'm watching them against Fangio. I'm watching them against a team with good safeties. And they have no answer to them. They can't do a damn thing. 
You know he's going to get the ball over and over and over again. And there ain't a soul in the league that can cover him. He is one of, he's going to go down eventually as an all-time great player. And I think what's cool about all-time great players is it wasn't about the money. It wasn't about the accolades. Honestly, it wasn't, I mean, winning, it is about winning, but like, he won. So he just clearly has the drive to want to win more. I'll, I'll never forget hearing John Lynch described after they won the Super Bowl in Tampa. He's like, yeah, that next year, you know, a lot of backup players showed up to training camp and brand new cars and you turn on the television, our backup offensive linemen had endorsement deals. He's like, I knew we were in trouble. I'm watching this Chiefs team going, their best players, Mahomes, Tyreek, and Kelsey, play as hard as they ever have. What, what's, what else for these guys to accomplish? Ben paid, won. I mean, it's incredible. But I honestly, I think it starts with him. He's the second best player on the team. Mahomes the best. Travis Kelsey is the second best. And he, it's crazy. I grew up going to Cal games when Tony Gonzalez was on the team. Uh, my dad loved Tony Gonzalez. I was huge fans. I actually have a pair of Tony Gonzalez Chiefs gloves in my uh, dresser here in my office. Tra- when it's all said and done, I think there's a decent chance Tony Gonzalez won't even be viewed as the best tight end in Chiefs history. He's easily second or third best tight end ever. Travis is going to pass him because he's playing on better teams. He's a more dominant player. Now, Tony, peak Tony Gonzalez, would have been incredible in this modern-day football, right? No one could cover him. You couldn't hit him. He would have dominated. But your era is your era, and this guy is shattering or going to shatter records in terms of yards, in terms of catches. He's got 82 catches right now. I mean, they got five games left. Is there a chance that when the dust settles, he's got 115 catches? I mean, it feels like he's getting 8 to 10 a game. Is he going to end up with 14 touchdowns? I, I just can't say enough about watching a guy that has accomplished everything, financially can't like really get paid anymore in terms of he's under. They just extended him this offseason, and he's still kicking ass. It's just it's, it's everything you look for in a player uh, you know, when you acquire him. And the Chiefs, clearly back when they drafted him, hit you know a home run. Okay, let's, let's talk about Trevor Lawrence and the Jets. And I just, I, I my energy at this point in time on talking about Greg Williams, I, I, I talked about the Raiders on my other podcast. I had an Instagram post about Greg Williams. No one's trying to tank. He's just an egomaniac, dumb call. But here is a reality that big time, them losing that game, regardless how they got to there, is the is the right thing to do. But here's my question with the Jets and Trevor Lawrence. I don't remember in recent memory a guy having this much hype. And I've watched Trevor Lawrence. I like Trevor Lawrence. I'm I'm probably going to have to dig in a lot deeper, text, you know, the guys that really know what they're talking about in the league, what they think about this guy. But the hype on Trevor Lawrence, it couldn't be any stronger right now. Remember with Andrew Luck, how big the hype was? Suck for luck. But Remember what Andrew did. He took over a god-awful team. It's not like they improved that much, but he dominated. Playoffs every year, three straight years. Boom, boom, boom. And he just solidified and validated the hype. Trevor Lawrence is going to have to be really good. There's going to be no like, oh, this was all worth it. Like, you were so terrible 0-16, 
And we're all saying it's worth it because the best prospect, I'm trying to think in my lifetime, Shaquille O'Neal, Andrew Luck, LeBron James. Remember Bryce Harper in baseball was pretty big. Tiger, when he when he left Stanford, I mean, was really big. It, it's a short list of people that are getting the Trevor Lawrence level hype. And it's really been going strong now for about a year and a half. So the pressure on this guy going into the New York market is just going to be enormous. It just It's just a simple fact. Because anytime you take over for a team that was 0-16, the pressure on your squad is big. You know, when Baker Mayfield got there, didn't they already have Miles Garrett? They trade for Jarvis Landry. They then trade for Odell Beckham. They draft Nick Chubb. I mean, it came together pretty quickly, and his team was really good. Like, I don't think it's going to be that easy for the Jets to get that good that fast. I mean, this team is horrendously terrible. Can you even say that? Is that an oxymoron? I guess it wouldn't be an oxymoron, but like a double pronoun, or I don't even know. Just they, they can't be any worse. Not, not an English major, clearly. So I, 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 the way we talk about Trevor Lawrence, anything beside being an absolute superstar is going to be a major disappointment. Let's go to the Bears. I watched that game in bed on my iPad late Sunday night. And I'm watching it. And you know what's crazy about when you don't watch a game live and you already know the score and you're watching the game and with like under five minutes left, the Bears are up 10, have the ball, and I'm thinking to myself, how do they lose this game? How's it, how's it humanly possible? Then, they, then the Lions score, then Trubisky fumbles, and they end up losing, and now they're 5-7, and seven, and they've lost six straight games, and they're just terrible. And to me, the solution with them is pretty simple. Like, the general manager's got to go. And I would imagine the new GM, you'd probably give it a year with Matt Nagy, try to get a quarterback, a little bit like, you know, Bob Quinn once did with Jim Caldwell. We've seen guys do it forever with the Cleveland Browns. And you basically get that one-year grace period. Uh, But, like, there is a chance they all get fired. I just have a hard time saying that Matt Nagy is just the village idiot, like everyone's saying, when his quarterback is Mitch Trubisky. That, he didn't choose that guy. The general manager did. Who didn't tell a soul before he drafted him. One of the worst draft picks, because anytime you draft a quarterback in the top two or three picks, and he is a bust, that is a gigantic swing and a miss. He didn't tell anyone in the organization. Hell, the head coach at the time, John Fox, didn't even know. And he drafted the guy. So how am I supposed to trust that guy to run my franchise? You know who Brett Veach wanted? Mahomes. You know who John Snyder wanted? Russell Wilson. Like, it's like, is my GM know what he's doing or not? Hell, even uh, Spielman in Minnesota, like, I watched Kirk Cousins. I went, well, this is a legitimate quarterback. I don't love Kirk Cousins, but he's definitely not a scrub. Like, you can go to the playoffs every year with him. Mitch, watching Mr. Trubisky, it's like, this is, this is a joke. This is awful. Guys, just be in the AAF. So I, I, I understand the coach takes a lot of heat, but he didn't put together this roster. It's one of the organizations where the general manager has all the power. Now, Matt might lose his job. I don't know. People keep asking me. I don't know how the Bears, I don't know enough about their ownership. I mean, there are articles coming out about the president, uh, Ted Phillips losing his job. Here's what I will say about the Bears just in general. Historically, they're kind of cheap. They're a little old school. 
in Corona, they probably haven't made near. I mean, clearly they haven't made nearly as much money as they normally make with no fans. So maybe it spares some people. Maybe it doesn't. But that that was a bad loss. When you're up ten late in the game, but the reason they lost is because Trubisky fumbled on like his own five or ten yard line, and then a couple plays later, Adrian Peterson runs in the into the end zone. As a buddy in the league texts me, bro, I tell you, every time a coach is fired, bet on that team. Look at the Detroit Lions. I think I picked them in three for the money. Covered. Now, again, I'm watching the game going, there is no way this is possible. And, of course, it happens. The Browns beating the Titans like that, I didn't see coming. And I know the final score is close. I'm sorry, when you're up 38-7, to when you when you start blowing out a team... And it's based on game planning, and it's based on when teams actually come in with their what they want to do. That is the true sign of that team. When you're up 38 to 7, it's human nature to go, this game's over. How am I supposed to focus as much? How as a defensive coordinator am I supposed to stay consistent with my calls? Right? I start, I, I just get a little conservative. I pull my guys back. I give you some easy yards. So the Browns beat the shit out of those guys. Absolutely killed them. And their run game, when it can dominate and give the play action for Baker Mayfield, he was really good yesterday. He really was. He was actually fantastic. I'll say this about the Titans, though. Their defensive backfield is not very good. I'm not trying to diminish the uh, the Browns' win, but that was just... I, you see the Titans' flaws. Like they, they, Their defense is pretty questionable. And they're just not really built to play from behind like that. They want to run the ball, control the clock, and have the lead. Same with the Browns. Because that is their style. Then play action, that's how they kill you. They're not built to just go Mahomes or Seattle. And speaking of Seattle, I, I saw one of the guys from PFF had the headline. It was on my Twitter timeline today. If Russell Wilson doesn't play like the MVP, Seattle looks terrible. They're a flawed team. They don't have a great defense. They don't have a great run game. They're not good. On, they're not that good on either line of scrimmage. When he's playing at a all-star, Hall of Fame level, they can play with anyone. When he is just average, they're below average because the rest of their team is below average besides like two or three players. They are a very, very flawed roster. Now, luckily, the most important thing in football is having a star quarterback. Like the most important thing in basketball is having a top five player. And if you have that guy, even if the rest of your team is flawed, you're going to be okay. If I put LeBron James on your team and the other four starters are average to below, you're still going to be a playoff team. You look at Seattle, most of their guys are average to below beside like Jamal Adams, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. Like it's a small handful of guys that if he plays well, they can go, they can win 13, 14 games. But the reality is he can't play well every game. He's a human. He plays quarterback. It's hard. He's going to, you know, in 16 games, probably going to have four or five average games. And then even some of his good games, you might lose. That's football. So they're going to end up going probably, I'd guess, 10 or 11 wins. But they are a very, very flawed playoff team. And I I still think they could probably win the division, but it's definitely up in the air now. I mean, technically the Rams are leading that division. And Seattle's got to play catch-up. And Seattle already lost to them. So that, that was probably, I'd say, the score of the Browns game, given that they, you know, at one point in time it was 38 to 7 was probably the craziest score at that time of the day. But the craziest outcome of the day, in my opinion, was easily the Giants beating Seattle. And if you watch that game in the second half, 
kind of took it to them. I mean, Seattle couldn't do anything on offense. They drove down multiple times with Colt McCoy making plays. Who actually, you watch him, you go, God, this guy's not terrible. I'm watching Colt McCoy going, yeah, that's a pretty good backup quarterback. Kind of looks like Daniel Jones. Don't sleep on the Giants. Okay, let's go Middlecoff mailbag. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram handle. DMs wide open. Fire me a question. Also, just to reiterate, subscribe to the 3 and Out podcast, Spotify, Apple iTunes. Leave a review. Greatly appreciate it. Start with Joey, who looks like he's making out with his girlfriend in his profile pic. I see you, Joey. Uh, just watching the Washington Steeler game. As a fan of 18 years, I've seen a lot of terrible seasons out of the skins. With the addition of Rivera and the defense finally being pieced together, do you think the football team, uh, you're not even being funny, just that's their name, the football team, has a chance to become actually good and make the playoffs consistently in coming years? Well, just look at the division. Eagles might fire their coach, their franchise quarterbacks in shambles. Cowboys, I mean, I'm recording this before they play the uh, the Ravens. I would assume they lose, and they're having a god-awful season. What, you know, is Mike McCarthy going to get fired? The Giants... Looks like they got a good coach and are just going to be solid, but they got to add a lot of talent as Danny Dimes, the guy. Your team is a little bit like the Giants. Who's your quarterback, though? I mean, I'd, I'd rather have Danny Dimes than, you know, obviously Dwayne Haskins. Irony is they were in the same draft. Uh, I, I just think it's about getting a quarterback. So if you can, I don't know exactly how you'll do that and who you'll get. I mean, Cam Newton will truly be available, but he's not any good anymore. I can't see Ron Rivera wanting Jameis. Obviously, Alex, if he can just function, they'll just keep him. But you need to get a guy, a young guy. I mean, Ron Rivera had a lot of success in Washington when they drafted Cam. So can you trade up to get a guy? That, to me, should be the goal, getting a a long-term answer at the quarterback position. But, yeah, I mean, Ron Rivera's a good coach. You know, I think of his eight years or whatever, he went to, I think, playoffs four times. He just, he wins. He's solid. I, I I believe in the guy. Curious to know what you think of the Winston situation with the Saints. With Taysom being Peyton's dude, if you're the GM, do you deal Winston for picks or do you hold on to him for next year? Appreciate the love for the military too. Love the military. Much love, happy holidays, appreciate your service. I thought that Jameis Winston was on a one-year contract. I could be wrong. Am I crazy? Winston, that will pay him $1 million. Yeah, he's just on a one-year deal. So, you know, they they gave him a one-year, $1 million contract. So he's just be a free agent. I don't think there's any – you can't trade him. If Even if he was on like a two-year, $5 million contract, I don't think you'd be able to trade him, at least for much. I mean, maybe a late-round pick. I would – what I would do is I'd try to re-sign him. I mean, if Breeze retires, I'd have him and Taysom would be my two quarterbacks. I'd keep, I'd keep Jameis, unless they don't like him, which it doesn't feel that way. I think part of it is they just needed Taysom to play. And – he had his best game against the Falcons. Now, granted, it was the second time playing him. I was watching, when I was watching uh, Red Zone and they went to that game and the broadcast came on, they had a good point that he had told the broadcasters like the day of the game. Once they found out the four quarterbacks went out, they, he kind of realized, like, I just have to not lose the game. So, you know, I, I'm going to not judge him as much on that Broncos game anymore. And you know, it turns out the Broncos aren't, 
Broncos are solid. You know, they're just quarterbacks not any good. Uh, question for the mailbag. Chargers' loss to the Patriots was just embarrassing. Should Chargers fire Anthony Lynn now or wait until the season is over? Overall, what are the pros and cons of firing a coach in the middle of the season compared to waiting until the end of the season? I saw Rappaport say that they're not going to fire him, which to me is very par for the course on how Dean Spanos doesn't want to pay anyone not to work. I think the pros and the cons are pretty simple. The cons would be, who do you have anyone to just keep the boat, you know, steering toward land, <laughs> right? Even if you're not going to get to land, you just kind of need to keep it and not capsize. Like, do they have anyone else on the staff that could be their head coach? Gus Bradley's on the staff, but he's not a good head coach, so why would you want to make him be the head coach? Just write it out. The pros are you have the Jaguars. I guess the Jaguars still have a coach. You have the Falcons. You have the Texans. You have the Lions. You have three teams who are already starting the process. And clearly, you start the process even while you have a coach. But I mean, they can interview people. And if it gets out, it's not even weird. Like, when you have a coach, you can't be interviewing people. I mean, technically you can, but it's just a lot easier once you fire a guy to do whatever you want to do. And I I doubt they will because I think they really like Anthony Lynn. He's just simply not good enough. Uh, But I, I don't think you do him a disservice if you fire him right now. You're still paying him. He still gets his cash. You're going to fire him in a month anyway. You might as well fire him and start the process of who's going to be your next head coach. Watching the Sunday Night Football game and wondering, has there ever been a bigger discrepancy of a defensive play caller than Vic Fangio to Chuck Pagano for the Bears? He's holding KC to six points in the first half, and Pagano with an all-star team has given up 42 and 34 in back-to-back weeks. It's depressing. Underrated part about Matt Nagy falling apart a little bit is I would not have, if he didn't ask me, I mean, I had nothing to do with it, clearly, I would have said, don't touch Chuck Pagano. I don't know the other options, but I can't hire Chuck Pagano to be my defensive coordinator. He's just not smart enough, simply put. And Vic Fangio, I was thinking about this watching that Sunday night game. I was like, is Vic Fangio the best defensive coordinator in football? You'd probably go Belichick is, but it's probably Belichick, Zimmer. I know Zimmer's having a rough year or whatever, but his team kind of stinks. When I think defense in the NFL, I think Belichick, Fangio, Zimmer. Those guys are just on a different level. I see Pagano, you know, you talk, we make fun of like chess versus checkers. What the hell is he doing? Like, I just, guys are in no man's land. Khalil Mack doesn't play very hard anymore. You think Khalil Mack wouldn't play hard for Vic Fangio? That shit doesn't fly. Every elite guy that's around Vic plays their ass off whether it's Bowman, Willis, Justin Smith, and Alden Smith, whether it's Khalil Mack, whether it's now Justin Simmons and Bradley Chubb, there's just a standard that goes. And Chuck clearly doesn't bring that out. On top of, he's not dynamic enough as a coordinator. Being a defensive coordinator is, much, to me, much harder than being an offensive coordinator to be a really good one. Because you don't know what's coming. But the good ones kind of do, in a weird way. Or have their guys coached up that even if we don't know the exact play that's coming, we know the concepts that are coming, and we know how to defend them. And I watch Fangio's defense, I go, yeah, these guys always know what to do. And I know guys that have worked with Vic, and they just go, yeah, the guy's fucking brilliant. Vic Fangio's a badass. Is he a good head coach? I don't know. He's not bad, but is he good? I don't know. He is an elite defensive mind. Pagano's average as the day is long. So yeah, I'm with you. I get... It's sad to watch the Bears' defense just get smoked 
And just a lot of times it looks like they have no clue where they're going. Okay, last question here. Saw Mel Kuyper on ESPN giving Kyle Trask a second round grade. It made me think of your take the other day of you never taking a quarterback in the second round. To me, he seems dead in the water in the NFL if he's a six foot five statute standing in the pocket with no mobility. <clears throat> also, thoughts on Mac Jones for Bama becoming a legit NFL prospect. I think I like Mac Jones more as an NFL prospect than Kyle Trask. Because could I draft Mac Jones in like the third or fourth round? I'm with you. I don't do second round quarterbacks. I'm not drafting Kyle Trask in the first round. And I'm definitely not wasting a pick on him in the second round. But if I get Mac Jones in the fourth, I like that. I mean, the problem with Mac Jones is he's playing with, I mean, Devontae Smith, Ruggs, last year at the end of the season when he had Ruggs, Judy, Waddle, and he had Waddle for a little bit. I mean, there's receivers. Or I think I saw Jerry Judy tweeting on Saturday night, is Alabama now a wide receiver you? And the answer might be, yeah. Julio, Amari, all those cats? Holy moly. Um, but Mac Jones throws a beautiful deep ball. Uh, he looks more athletic than Kyle Trask. I'll, I'll be completely honest. I haven't super locked in on Florida games. I know he's having a great statistical game. I had friends in the NFL that they were just not buying the hype a couple weeks ago. Maybe they've changed. We're going to see those guys play in a couple weeks when they Florida plays Bam in the SEC championship game. Uh, but I like... Mac Jones more as a later round guy than I do Kyle Trask up near the top. I wouldn't touch him in the second round. I don't like Kyle Trask that much as an NFL prospect. Uh, but again, I probably need to watch a little more. That that might be unfair to say. I guess I, I I got too much unknown right now on Kyle. But what I had known about him before when I watched him earlier in the year and just texting my buddies in the NFL, like I wasn't my cup of tea. And not that Mac Jones really is either. You, you can't be a stiff. If you can't move in the NFL, you can't play. Those days are over. It's one thing to be one of these guys that are in their late 30s is how they play. You're not coming to the league like that. It, it doesn't work. It's not happening. So you got to have some mobility. So I, I'd have to ask around, like, how immobile is Kyle? Because, again, his stats, he's going to win the Heisman. Mac Jones had a good year, too. But Mac Jones is not as highly touted as of a guy. And maybe Kyle's not either. I don't, I don't know enough. I haven't asked enough people in the NFL. I haven't asked anybody in the NFL really in a while what they like, where they rank him. Is he a first-round guy, second-round guy? But, uh, but yeah. Appreciate everyone listening. Enjoy the week. Hell, enjoy the NFL football on Tuesday night. See you at the end of the week. Godspeed. Subscribe to the pod. See you later. <laughs>
Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. So should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So Toyota is electrified diversified? Yep, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's Beyond Zero vision for the future. Exactly how much coffee have you had this morning? Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.